So I said, uh, or the title of the message is uh, A Mission Trip Through the Whole Bible. And I know that you guys do mission trips to Guatemala every year, and I could do a show of hands maybe to see who all's been there <laughs> over the years. There's probably a lot of you who have been to Guatemala. Well, today I'll, I'll take you through uh, a mission trip through the Bible, but I'll start with a, a story from maybe one of our mission trips. And, and uh, we didn't mention this earlier, but we were missionaries in Indonesia for 10 years as well. And while there, usually one weekend a month, I would go interior. And interior over there is basically jungle, right? Uh, West Borneo. And this one uh, time I went to Tumbang Titi in Katapang, a very uh, Muslim area. And uh, to be there with one of our, our pastors, Pachahaming, usually I would just stay in his house and I would sleep on the floor. They just have two rooms, and, and uh, I would stay with them. I preferred to stay with people. But he thought it would be special for me to stay in a hostel. And so he put me up in this hostel. And um, it's the tropic. It's always hot. It's a small room. We only had electricity for a couple hours a day, and the fans weren't on yet. So I went out just to the patio to get some fresh air. There was another man who was already there. Um, I'll say a Muslim man because they're pretty much all Muslims in that area. <laughs> and after a little bit of, of small talk, he says, do you mind if I ask you a question? I said, yeah, go ahead. Um, he said, why did you come here? And I, <laughs> I was thinking, oh, how am I going to answer this? And before I could answer, he says, I ripped off both my bumpers. I lost my whole exhaust system. It took me all day to travel, you know, 100 kilometers to get here. But my wife is from here, and I run up a palm oil plantation nearby. And so that's why I'm here. But why did you come here? <laughs> he really was just perplexed as why I would even be there. And I thought, I'll, I'll be honest. And I said, I'm here because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. And I want that for everybody in the whole world. And that led to a good conversation. And, you know, just about religion in general. And in my experience, yeah, Muslims like to talk about religion. And so, and so did he. And the conversation carried on until others, you know, came out to this public patio. And, you know, then it kind of, you know, changes the whole dynamic of the group and changes your conversation. That's a story. A story about a mission trip, a story about a personal testimony, a story about how that can in impact the world. Len Sweet says, there's a, the greatest, talks about the greatest story never told. And ironically, he says the greatest story never told is God's story. God's big picture mission story. And the whole Bible is actually God's big picture mission story. And you can take a trip through the whole Bible and it's all about mission. And it's a captivating story. And I think we need to captivate the world again with not only our own personal stories, but with God's big picture story. So that's why I want to take you through a mission trip through the Bible that tells that story. Like any good story, 
God begins by creating the setting. In the beginning, God created. God created the heavens and the earth. God created the lights in the sky, the oceans and all its creatures, big and small, land and everything that lives and moves in it, the birds, the wild animals, the livestock, the wonderful creation that we continue to enjoy. And as a climax, God created humanity in his own image. He blessed it all and gave it to us to steward and concluded that all that he had made was good, very good. There's the perfect beginning (laughs) to your story. And at this point in the story, we could sing, right? Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder. You'll probably start singing along. So, <laughs> How great thou art, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. That's the setting. God's wonderful world. Then, like any good story, something goes wrong. And you're thinking you're in a Hallmark movie here. (laughs) The perfect setting, but something goes wrong. An alien invasion, if you will. The tempter in the form of a snake. The dark side revealing itself. And Adam and Eve give in to sin, and the creeping menace grows. From Eve to Adam, from Cain to Abel, from nature to nations. So that by Genesis 11, we've seen murder, the flood, the scattering of nations, the creeping effects of the fall have affected every nation, every part of God's creation. The rift in humanity's relationship with God has created broken relationships between husband and wife, brothers, nations, and even with nature itself. The wonderful world, paradise, lost. The relationship with God has been broken, the rule of God rejected, the love of God spurned, and now everything is falling apart. But God, the lover, doesn't leave humanity and the world in its lostness. Even when Adam and Eve were trying to hide, God says, it says, but the Lord God calls to the man, where are you? (laughs) God goes after them, even though they're trying to hide from him. Continues the pursuit. And even though sin was a curse on humanity, God puts a curse on the sin. It says, I will put enmity between you, the serpent, and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. This looks forward to Satan's attempt at killing Christ on the cross, but which, of course, resulted in Satan, death, and sin being defeated by Christ. He leaves humanity with hope, even after paradise has been lost. And just when we think there's no stopping the evil and its insidious spread, God intervenes again. The nations were scattering, but God sends a missionary to gather and bless the nations. 
God calls Abraham saying, leave your country, your people and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. And what part does Abraham play in God's mission? It says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. This promise is later repeated again to Isaac and to Jacob, to all of the patriarchs, the same promise of being a blessing. And then it's to a descendant of Abraham, to Moses, that God gives the Ten Commandments, the laws. And as the Israelites obeyed God's law, they were to be a nation of priests, a holy nation, setting an example for the nations. To Israel, God gave the Psalms that sing about the God who is worthy of the worship of the nations. And the Psalms pick up on the same Abrahamic theme. It says, may the peoples praise you in Psalm 67. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. They're being blessed. Or that's the anticipation. That's the hope. The prophets continue the mission. Give hope for the nations in the end times. Isaiah says, In the last days the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be erased above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. That theme keeps coming up, all nations. Whether it's in Abraham, whether it's in the Psalms, whether it's in the prophets. And then Isaiah also says that the Messiah will fill the earth with the knowledge of the Lord and that the nations will rally to him. And Isaiah 49.6 says that Israel will be a light for the Gentiles in order to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. That missionary theme coming up again. But like any good story, even, so, even though some good things happen, everything is still not quite right. <laughs> I used to say NQR, not quite right. Israel would fail in representing God. They would fail in their obedience to the law. They would fail in their worship of God in their witness to the nations. But that didn't mean that God's mission wouldn't be accomplished. What does God do? God sends his ultimate missionary, his best missionary. God sends his own son. John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Another alien invasion, if you will, and not Lucifer, not the serpent. Lucifer means bearer of light. But in John 1, 2, it says, in Christ was life, and that life was the light of men. Christ was the true light bearer. Jesus was the seed of Eve who would crush the head of Satan. Jesus was the second Adam. Jesus had the perfect relationship with God, being one with the Father. 
Jesus would restore the rule of God. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The rule of God. And in Jesus's life and ministry, we see diseases submitting to Jesus. We see nature submitting to Jesus. We see Jesus ruling. Jesus was the anticipated Messiah that the prophets looked forward to. Jesus obeyed God perfectly, fulfilling all the requirements of the law. Jesus glorified God by his death, surpassing even any glory given to God in the Psalms. Jesus would draw a Roman centurion, a Syrophoenician woman, a Samaritan woman, the nations to himself. Jesus, descendant of Adam, of Abraham, of Israel, fulfilled Israel's mission and God's mission for himself. And at the end of his life here on earth, Jesus would say, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. It is finished, he would say, on the cross. And it really was the beginning of the end. God sending his son into the world, ultimately to die for our sins, was a climax in God's story, in God's mission story. But God's mission of love, God's missionary story, doesn't even end there. <laughs> Jesus left the church, his followers, to carry on his mission. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to empower his followers to carry on the mission. We, the church, now have a mission that carries on God's mission, Israel's mission, and Christ's mission. The blessing to the Gentiles promised to Abraham was fulfilled in Christ the seed of Abraham. Galatians 3.8 says those who believe are children of Abraham. We are the seed of Abraham. Promising the promise of all nations being blessed through you remains for us, to those who believe in God's saving work in Christ. God still has a church for his mission in the world. We are the heirs of Adam, of Abraham, the prophets, heirs of Christ, who carry on with God's mission of loving the world and drawing all nations to himself. The story goes on, Matthew 28, 19 to 20, spells out our mission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And sometimes we think that with Matthew 28, that's where our mission begins. But I think that what we can see is that when we look at the whole Bible, is that God's mission began way before that. <laughs> God wanted to bless the world through Abraham's descendants. We are those descendants. God wanted a nation of priests. The passage we read today from 1 Peter 2.9 says of Christians, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful, his wonderful light. Israel was to be a light to the Gentiles. The New Testament applies that description directly to Christ, but also to the church. In Isaiah 66, the vision is for Gentiles themselves to bring the gospel to other Gentiles. And that is exactly what happened in the history of the spread of the gospel that we see about from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the outermost parts of the world. 
We've seen and are seeing that happened, what Isaiah 66 looked forward to. We did not invent mission. And it isn't about our own missions, plural, right? It's about God's mission. And it's been God's mission from the start. God's plan for the nations is a theme running out, running throughout the entire Bible. We're just the latest in a string of characters who are part of God's bigger story of reaching out and saving humanity, and more than that, all of creation, the world. The final chapter in God's story hasn't been written yet. It's still to come. But the Bible gives us a glimpse of where God's story is going. There's a spoiler. Do you like spoilers? We know God's story, and we're part of God's story. (laughs) But there's a spoiler as well. We know where it's going. The book of Revelation is a spoiler. It gives us an idea of how the story ends. God's story started with a wonderful creation, heaven and earth. It ends with a new heaven and earth, an even better one, as it will be devoid of sin and even the possibility of it. Revelation 21 begins, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. The worship that we began to see in the Psalms continues. At the center of this worship is Christ, the Lamb of God, surrounded by angelic beings and by those who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. All the characters who've been a part of God's story are going to be there along with the angelic beings. That's the ending of the story. Worshiping Christ. And what will we be singing? You were slain, and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. What was expected of Israel, what was expected of the church, is going to be fulfilled by the nations worshiping and glorifying God perfectly. It also pictures God's reign being restored with the ultimate victory of God over evil and the establishment of of the kingdom of God in all its fullness. What we've been praying for for so long in the Lord's Prayer, right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven is going to be answered, going to be a reality. Revelation gives a vision of of much conflict on earth, but when Christ returns, the powers of evil are vanquished once and for all. Thy kingdom come. The final vision is of a new Jerusalem at the center of a new kingdom in a new heaven and earth, a place of infinite glory and worship in the immediate presence of the living God. That's God's big picture. The whole story. The whole mission story. (laughs) And it's actually really easy to remember. CFRR, creation, fall, redemption, Restoration. Creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Yes, restoration gets expanded <laughs> from Abraham and the patriarchs, or even from, Gen- from Genesis to um, the law, to the Psalms, to the prophets, to Christ, to the church. That's all redemption, 
with the cross kind of at the very peak of that. But it's creation, fall, redemption, restoration. There's your whole story. And it ends where it began. We like good endings to stories, right? <laughs> it has a good ending. It ends where it began with a new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem, only better. Len Sweet, who said that God's story is the greatest story never told, also says, change your story, change the world. A lot of our advertising on TV, it draws you in with a story, and then it's like, what? This is an ad, car ad for sales or for insurance. <laughs> but they draw you in with a story. And we have our stories. We have a testimony. And maybe I have a testimony about what Jesus has done for me. And I can draw people in, you know, with that story. But, you know, my story, and even maybe all of the missionary stories that, that, that I would have, are just such a small part of God's story. And sometimes even our story isn't big enough. Because somebody might say, well, that's fine for you. I'm glad you're going to heaven. <laughs> I'm glad you feel good about your soul. But our earth is going to hell. <laughs> right? How is that relevant to, to my world, to our world? Maybe sometimes our story is too small. No, God's story is actually really big. It includes our stories. We can embed our stories in the larger story, but... Let's also tell the larger story, the big story, the whole story, new heaven, new earth, kingdom of God, reality. It's captivating. So let's share our stories, but also remember to share God's story, the whole story. It could change the world. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Captivate our hearts with the immensity of the story of your love for the world. And fuel our imaginations with possibilities of how can we, we can share your love as we live out our missions of love in a manner that captivates the imagination of others and draws them into your story and draws them to you. Amen.